0: Musicals he hasn't seen, and then we talk about them.
1: I am the boyfriend, and I'm Drew. And today it is Tale as Old as Time, Tune as Old as Song. It's Pride and Prejudice the musical.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say it's not Beauty and the Beast. No,
1: it's not Beauty and the Beast, but it is a musical of a very well loved, well known story.
0: Yes, one of my favorite stories.
1: A story that since Dating You, I have already seen twice, Yeah. both of which have been within the past four months.
0: That is true. During lockdown, I've been watching a lot of period dramas, yes. and Danny has been forced to endure them with me.
1: Yes, so when we last spoke to you lovely viewers, I had only seen one version of Pride and Prejudice. Yep,
0: yeah, the 2005 q Knightley version.
1: Yes. We did since decide to watch... Pride and Prejudice and Zombies.
0: Arguably the best adaptation.
1: It's got Matt Smith in. It's so funny. The only thing it's missing is John Barrowman.
0: That's true. That's the only way you can make it better. If you are a big fan of Pride and Prejudice and me just saying that Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is the best adaptation, go and watch Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. What did we watch it on?
1: We watched it via... Amazon Prime, I think we rented it especially as a yeah. little treat for our anniversary. Yes, we did. And <laughs> what a romantic way <laughs> to spend our anniversary with Wagamamas mm-hmm. and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yes, indeed. I think watching too much of that Zombies put me off your kind of kick fire cauliflower that you got.
0: Oh, yeah, that was good though. But Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, I would say is the most in-character adaptation of these characters,
1: I wanted to They're watch it. So
0: funny, like it's it's weird how much that version of Elizabeth is the version that I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's her.
1: This is the thing. So the reason I hadn't got around to watching it is because I hadn't seen Pride and Prejudice. I didn't know the story. I felt the irony would be lost on me. Yeah, it's really fun to see that character and all the characters within that world, like Mister Darcy being romantic man as he usually is mm-hmm. and seeing him be like almost Javert within this world. You can imagine he's not popular even though he's doing his job.
0: No, but Mr. Darcy's never popular.
1: Yeah, he's never popular but in this version you feel like there's justification for it.
0: Yeah. As opposed to just like, we're all really petty. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. I am
1: excited to see Pride and Prejudice 3. Yeah. The musical. the musical. We've done, we've done I think... A movie, mm-hmm. a horror, yep. we're going to the musical before we then go to the classic TV miniseries, I think.
0: Yeah, where we get to watch Colin Firth jump in a lake, which I imagine there'll be none of in this musical. But Probably
1: because they won't have a lake on stage.
0: Unless they just have him come on wet.
1: Possibly. <laughs> he not jump. Really See, Cursed Child, there is a scene where they come up from the water and there is a water pit under the stage that they move backwards. That's cool. So, like, they come up. And they are soaking wet. So unless they're using Cursed Child type scenery, I doubt they will. I don't think they are. You know, it's possible for somebody to get wet on stage.
0: Are you aware that the Mr Darcy emerging from the lake in the the wet t-shirt
1: is not a book thing? No, you told me it started with Colin Firth. Yeah. And obviously on Mamma Mia, if you've not listened to our Mamma Mia episode yet, go back into the archives and listen to our Mamma Mia episode, mm-hmm. we talk about how ever since Colin Firth has been contractually obligated
0: to. Get to... A wet white shirt? On. Yes. Yeah. For me,
1: it was most jarring in The King's Speech.
0: Oh, I like it in Centurions. Oh, yeah,
1: that's my favourite one. I like that joke. The musical. Yeah. Brand new musical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're watching it via Amazon Prime again. Mm-hmm. It's Sorry. really exciting to see something that is. As old as the show, as our show.
0: Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. Brand new.
1: So with this one, I didn't really do much research because I know the plot of Pride and Prejudice. Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy argue. Mr. Darcy costs Elizabeth's sister a marriage, but it turns out there's reasons, and Elizabeth befriends someone who it then turns out that actually he's lying which the
0: How do we describe that character, without saying his name? Had Yes.
1: Or your brother's role. Yes, right?
0: that is what I was looking for. It is Mr. Wickham is yes. the role that my brother would play if he was in a Pride and Prejudice
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and his <laughs> depiction costing. in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is great, and the ending is he's great.
0: He's amazing in that. Like, yeah.
1: No spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it and don't know what they do with Wickham in Pride and Prejudice it's and so Zombies. Good. But, so... I know the plot and I've seen the plot, so there wasn't much point in me taking notes. And I've not heard enough about this to kind of figure out what is going to happen. I have heard rumours, though, that this musical is not from Elizabeth's perspective, as it usually is, that it is from Mr. Darcy's perspective. So this is the midnight sun to Bella's Twilight.
0: Kind of. So this is a 2020 musical. I, therefore, haven't seen it. Yet. I've listened to the soundtrack and researched heavily as I always do and watched clips and behind the scenes, but I haven't actually seen the musical, so this is gonna be a kind of a first for us where we're watching it at the same time.
1: However How have you managed to listen to the soundtrack around me? You just haven't noticed. No. I
0: put it on while I'm cooking
1: and doing stuff, like Yeah, but we've had a weekend away as well. Oh yeah, no the before. Shout out to my nephew, first birthday. Woohoo. Woohoo. Happy belated birthday.
0: Yeah.
1: I obviously said happy birthday on the day. It's not mm-hmm. like this is me just remembering. But... What's your early instincts then? Listening to the, the songs, you know my tastes. You've not seen the show so I like it. Birthday. It's
0: very classical musical theatre, oh. I would say. It's, it's what I think people imagine when you hear musical theatre
1: songs. If you were to say to a casual observer, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Pride and Prejudice the musical, and they were to kind of describe a song to you, or type of song, do you think that the orchestration fits Pride and Prejudice the musical?
0: Yeah, I think so. So you're not going to get
1: surprised by like a heavy metal musical?
0: No, I think you'll be fine. I would say it is very character-driven. It's very, from listening to the soundtrack anyway, it's very, obviously with musical theatre, the good thing that we get in musical theatre is that we get these intense monologues, essentially, from the characters' perspectives, from inside their heads. And I think people who kind of don't give musical theatre a chance don't realise that that is what the songs are.
2: Mm.
0: It's not, oh, suddenly we randomly burst into song. It's exactly what Shakespeare was doing with his long ass monologues, like. But we're doing it in a form that is catchy and playable while you're on a long drive. So, with this musical, that's what they're capturing. It is very, very much the inside of characters' heads and their hearts and what they are thinking and feeling, which the actual book of Pride and Prejudice isn't from Elizabeth's perspective. Oh, is it not? It's a. Universal piece, it's third person omniscient.
1: Yes, so we know everything. We
0: know everything, but in the style of... So third person omniscient is the style of Harry Potter. Yes. In which the reader only knows as much as Harry does, but we also get the perspectives of other characters. We're not from Harry's point of view, but we
1: know what's going on inside his head. Yeah, but we're not... We're not getting obviously what's going on in the Death Eater camp. We're not getting Voldemort's no. perspective. And we're in, we're we in see in it from Harry's well. perspective. So, my question is then with Pride and Prejudice, the book, because mm-hmm. we're on book club apparently, do we get it then where we have moments where it's just Elizabeth's perspective and the people around Elizabeth, or do we ever go from Elizabeth Elizabeth's perspective to Mr. Darcy's perspective? And we no. see a lot So, we just see kind the of. The
0: only way. In the book, A Prime Prejudice, that you would know what Mr. Darcy is thinking is if he said it, which he would never do, and cool. he writes letters to her, and in her letters, she discovers the plot arc of why he separated her, Bingley from Jane, and yeah. all of the stuff. That's how it's told. Okay. There is a very nice song that is used to do that in this, Ooh. but obviously... You know, we'll get there. We'll get so there. Paul Howard Gordon, he is and a Flash musical theatre songwriter. Yes. He composed the music and the lyrics for Jane Eyre on Broadway.
1: <laughs> so he's kind of got a reputation as doing He does, yeah. Classical. He has
0: done in musical form Jane Eyre, Emma, Sense and Sensibility and Pride and Prejudice. Me. Pride and Prejudice he actually started in twenty eighteen. It is only now that we're getting this filmed version of it. Yeah. He also, in 2009, wrote the music for a musical called Daddy Longlegs, which is sort of of medium fame.
2: Yeah.
0: In that I know a lot of people really like that musical, but it hasn't sort of branched out into the wider Broadway community, I would say. In 2001, he won a Tony Award for Jane Eyre. Yeah. Which was also nominated for Best Musical that year. He's had an ovation award for Daddy Long Legs and then in two thousand fifteen for Sense and Sensibility he won a Jeff Award for New York Best New York musical for
1: sense and sensibility. So he's an accomplished
0: mm-hmm.
1: writer within his field.
0: Yes. He's actually had a concert of his music performed where he had quite a lot of stage musical actors come and sing, including Brian Darcy James.
1: Who played Shrek. King no, okay. I was say Shrek
0: and he's a... oh he did play King George. That's what I was gonna say King Hamilton. George.
1: He was King George post Jonathan Groff but then pre and post Jonathan Groff. Yeah, yeah, because he was the first one Jonathan Groff took over and then he took over but then Jonathan mm-hmm. Groff came back for the infamous Hamilton on Disney Plus. Yes indeed. check out our episode from the archives covering Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because when we've looked at other musicals where maybe Andrew Lloyd Webber's done a few that we've looked at, each one is very different. The only thing that ties it together is Andrew Lloyd Webber's name attached to it. In the same way, the few Rodgers and Hammerstein we've seen, they're all very different. Mm -hmm. And the music sounds the same but maybe differs based on the genre they're doing. This is interesting, because by the looks of it, I don't know what Daddy Long Legs is. I'm hoping it's not a musical about spiders.
2: No.
1: But by the looks of it, he's kept to a genre. Yeah. And he has honed that craft with Emma, with Sense and Sensibility, with Jane Eyre. So with Pride and Prejudice being his fourth adaptation of classical literature. Yeah. I've not seen any of them. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if you watched Pride and Prejudice the musical then go back and watch Emma and find that the song's very similar. But um, I think that's really interesting that he's potentially kept to the same genre, the same stories he's adapted, Yeah. whereas others haven't. Even if you look at Sweeney Todd versus Into the Woods, mm-hmm. two very different narratives, one based on arguably history and one based on fairy tales.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's really interesting. I've never noticed that in an author before for musicals who may be, sticks to one genre
0: yeah yeah that is interesting I know the music for for Jane Eyre compared to this are quite different yeah but then that's also the difference of 20 years
1: yeah well he's going to be more seasoned yeah
0: yeah so I don't know how much of it is a big change or a tonal change you know yeah do you want want to know what the plot of Daddy Long Legs is go for it Daddy Long Legs was a Fred Astaire movie that then got made into a musical. It's a wealthy American, goes to a French orphanage, meets an 18 year old, and then pays for her education in, like moves her to America and pays for her education. (laughs) Then she writes her letters, she writes letters to him, not knowing who he is, and in the letters calls him daddy long legs, because somebody tells her that he's really tall. Yeah. And he's paying for everything for her. And then, like, he visits the school and meets her, but doesn't tell her that he's the benefactor, and then they fall in love.
1: So, and I, really I know you're not good at maths, but I think this is a maths puzzle that you will be able to answer. Sure. If we take Annie, mm-hmm. and if we add My Fair Lady... Yeah. That equals Daddy Long Legs.
0: Pretty much, except Annie's an 18-year-old, so we can say that it's not creepy because she's an Yeah, that's
1: where you get the My Fair Lady element.
0: Yeah, I suppose.
1: Yeah, because it's even Daddy. Daddy Warbox, Daddy Long Legs.
0: So we have some some names working on Pride and Prejudice, the musical. So producer-wise, we have Stacia Fernandez, who has also worked on Emma with him. But worked on Mary Harry, Homeland and Middle Stage as a producer, which is very cool. Then we have Tom Polam, who also worked on Emma with him. So he's got his gang.
1: I like that. I like it when someone's got a creative team. We saw it, we really saw it come to a creative head with the producers. Yeah. You know, when you've got a creative team that can live in your house and come down and Mm -hmm. help you execute your vision of springtime for Hitler, Tony's a guarantee.
0: You've got to keep your gang.
1: Yes. Keep your gang and keep it gay. Mm -hmm.
0: Playing Lucy Bennett, we have Mary Mattison. Been in a couple of episodes of Blue Bloods and Helpless. Mostly a stage actress.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Nothing big before this. Justin Mortelliti. Which is very hard to pronounce yes. for me. Is playing Mr. Darcy. He has been in a great many things, including Mash and Kids Bop.
1: He had not Mash is in from the seventies MASH.
0: M A S H MASH. TV series twenty twelve. But maybe there was a remake of it. I I would be really sad if there was. He was in Orange is the New Black and in the Manhunt Unibomber series which we need to watch
2: actually.
0: Based on what I've heard of it, they are very, very good singers. Yeah. Specifically, I connect quite a lot with Lizzie Bennett anyway. The songs that she has in this, I'm here for there's a song bright at the beginning and it's sort of her character introduction piece. That I was like that if I was auditioning to be in musicals and had my my songbook, that would be going in my songbook. Because cool. it's very, very much the kind of, like, female-led, this is who I am, this is my I want song presence that I like.
1: How long before it ends up on the Do Not Sing list?
0: We'll see. <laughs> I don't think that's going on there anytime soon. Yeah, it, it, it genuinely looks. I realise I don't have much to say about it because there isn't much to say. Well, this is
1: it. I'm not going to ask you how it fared at the Tonys because obviously there's no chance for it. So this is one I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, I like the story of Pride and Prejudice. Do you actually? Yeah, I both adaptations I've seen I have enjoyed. Yeah, you know I, I I fully appreciate that for some people period dramas are not their groove. Yeah, that they're kind of dusty. Do you know what I mean? I I feel like that's a bad verb to use. Yeah. But I feel like it hits the mark that for some people it just... They're dusty, they're not something for them. Mm. Possibly because of the age, because of the costumes. I read a thing with Ewan McGregor the other day and I said to you, like, oh, listen to this, because he was in a version of Emma. Yeah. And he said it was the acting job he hated most of his career. Mm -hmm. He thought being in this sort of performance would prove he was a good actor. Yeah. There's something about these period dramas that if you can do this you establish yourself as an actor of quality
0: that is really really funny because the men in Jane Austen's stories are purely incidental yeah we are here and i could wax lyrical about jane austen's books because for the time that they were released women weren't reading like serialized fiction where they could identify with the main character because that just sort of wasn't happening yeah i mean i mean it was but this is probably the first
1: big this is what aspect. popularized it yeah
0: um, going over to your friend's house knowing that you're both reading pride and prejudice and being like but have you got to the bit where she tells mr darcy she won't marry him yet?" that's in, radical yeah because
1: time. i don't think i've seen one version where a woman has ever once said no to a marriage yeah because they know that that's all is that that's all they've got to go for yeah
0: you know? and you know with these characters not specifically in pride and prejudice but all the her works that's what these characters are eventually going to end up with you you marry well
1: the only exception to that being little women little women is not written by no i know it's not but it's kind of within that genre it's also i was would... so American. I know but I would say it's the American version of A Pride and Prejudice it's an American version of Jane Austen's works. yeah but all
0: of those girls get married
1: I'll tell you who doesn't get married Beth because Beth she dies, dies.
0: <laughs> you're so mean okay but being able to connect to these characters and understand like yeah eventually these women are going to have to get married because otherwise where are they going to get any money from yeah especially because the Bennets are poor-ish, yeah. poor in their terms. But having a female lead who, yes, you get it, she is going to have to get married for the good of her family, but it's going to be on her terms. Yeah. That's your first oh, role model it. like that. Like, we
1: saw crazy. it with Hamilton, that the women were doomed to have lives... They're left unsatisfied because yeah. of that. So
0: You have to marry somebody because you have to have money, and other, otherwise you're a burden yeah. to your family.
1: This is a very real lifestyle for women. Yeah, at the time. And I think, yeah, having Elizabeth Bennet say, no, I'm not going to marry you, I hate you, Yeah. is very, very powerful. To more
0: than one man,
1: too, yeah. which is great. I'm glad we're watching this. I'm glad it's not... Jane Eyre, or Sense and Sensibility, or Emma, the musical.
0: Jane Eyre's really nice. It's just kind of dark. I really down.
1: I really like the book. You know that. It, was one mm-hmm. of the, it took a long time for me to read. I feel like I'm Jane eyre out for the time yeah. being. Something mm-hmm. I'd love to see because I really liked the story, but I feel like it took me six months to read that book. Yeah. And I love reading. Sense and Sensibility, I mean, the definitive version I have seen was Your Brother, mm-hmm. for Edinburgh Fringe, a year ago. Yeah. So... You know, it's not taint my memories of that one. And Emma I don't know much about, so it'd kind of be weird to go in, I think, with At the At some musical. point,
0: we will watch Clueless,
1: and you will know what it's about. <laughs> so I'm glad we're watching his adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Musical. I think that's the right one. So I feel like Pride and Prejudice is entry-level period drama.
0: Yeah, and I would say because I think there's probably quite a lot of people who know the plot of this even if you've never seen it
1: because you you kind of
0: knew enough about it but I think that's because
1: Bridget Jones is oh yeah well for sure Pride and Prejudice
0: yeah but and really so is Beauty and the Beast but
1: this is so I wasn't wrong
0: (laughs) it's only because you made that joke that I thought about it but really this is a nice easy TV drama if it was set nowadays it would be all about them Hating each other and annoying each other over texts and things. And it would still be rom-com drama, because
1: that's what it is. Much ado about nothing. Yes. And with that, I think it is time... To saunter off to a lovely ball
0: at Pemberley.
1: Yes. Hopefully there's no zombies this time. No, I don't think so. I have packed my baseball bat just in case.
0: It's fine. And the soldiers are in town, so we will be all
1: right. Always good, unless the soldiers have been infected. That's true.
0: As long as Mr Wickham hasn't been invited we'll all be fine. Risky business. (laughs) Is your commentary of this going to be why weren't there any zombies? No,
1: if it's good. (laughs) If it's good I won't need to make jokes. (laughs) Okay. We're off for Pride and Prejudice. No zombies. Oh dear God, I like her eyes. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. No, I can't resist her. She mustn't know my feelings. I like her wit, her forward inclinations. Stop your ruminations. What I mean to say. Miss Bennett is wishing you good day, and that is all. For she will never see. She's taken the bravado out of me.
0: And we are back.
1: Yes, we have come back to modern England. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, I know you really like period pieces.
0: But... I wouldn't. Wa- I wouldn't want to live in. I th- I talk about this a lot. Is I love period dramas. I love anything set in the Regency era. I think it's amazing. I think the fashion is super interesting. However, the best time in history to be born as a woman is now. So I'm good. <laughs>
1: like... It's the sort of thing that if you could do, maybe like, it's not like a Ren Fair because it's a different time period. But if you could have, like, a night where you had a party, if you went to an estate and did, like, a Pride and Prejudice experience. Yeah. Oh, my God. There
0: is this great movie called Austin Land, which is based around that premise, where this woman is a big Pride and Prejudice fan. She pays good money to go to a place in England and live at Pemberley, In Regency-era costumes. But when you get there, you're dealt a card. Yes. So you find out what your...
1: Status is. Yeah.
0: But it's kind of based on what you paid for. And when she gets there, she's expecting to be able to be Lizzie Bennet, but actually she's being paid... She's paid for, like, the low-class package, essentially. So she's...
1: I mean, let's be honest. If you are going to pay a lot of money for that experience, you deserve to be top-class.
0: Yeah, well, so... Jennifer Coolidge is there. Yeah. She's in it and she's paid to be top class. So she's like Lady Catherine level. And this girl is like. She'd be a
1: great Lady Catherine.
0: She is in this movie. Especially because she's like.
1: She's so over the top. Yeah. Like, I can imagine. And, and this musical has a good over the top Lady Catherine. Like I was really impressed with that. Oh, she's fantastic. She's fantastic. Isn't she? Anyway. So one of the things I want to talk about before we talk about this as a review. Mm hmm. I noticed very early on that the actress playing Jane Bennett, Sharon Mm Wright-Kirk, was pregnant. And I did not. Yes. What does that say? (laughs) I know. I love the fact that that casting doesn't matter. I think that's really awesome that they've not thought, well, you're pregnant, she's not pregnant, out you go.
0: Yeah, and she offered to step down. Didn't yes, she? I
1: was just reading something about it. And Robert Kelly, who's the artistic director of Theatre Works, he's led the company for 50 years, yes. which is awesome, said he cast her before she was pregnant and she offered to leave the show when she found out. He said, that's not the way we felt it should go. We believe our audience will understand that we're making room for a brilliant actress to continue her career in a role for which she's perfect, and that's something we're quite proud of. And Robert Kelly, so you should be.
0: Yeah, I agree. She was so
1: awesome. She was perfect casting. You hear so many negative stories about women who are pregnant having to step back from things.
0: Yeah. Yeah hasn't you've had that with wrestling recently haven't you
1: yeah so obviously wrestling being a physical
0: but so is acting
1: yeah but part of wrestling is having yourself thrown to the floor like you've got to take back bumps and learn to land on your back safely yeah one of my favorite wrestlers becky lynch had definitely listens to this podcast only if she listens to this podcast that would make my day
0: and year and make money
1: life. <laughs> <laughs> Becky Lynch found out she was pregnant and she had to relinquish the women's championship. Which is a shame. Which is a shame. But, you know, it happens I think in a lot of other forms. Obviously I'm a man, I'm not necessarily as savvy to the plight that women go through. Yeah. But
0: And I know nothing about like maternity leave no. on Broadway because Patty Murin. Yeah who was Anna on Broadway in Frozen and also is married to, I believe, her co-star from Chicago Med. Yeah. Who we loved her in that. They've just had their baby. Yeah. But obviously she she finished her contract in Frozen and was replaced by somebody else. Not because she was pregnant, but I believe she just reached the end of her contract. But I'd be so interested to know what, maternity leave is like for that.
1: Yeah, well this is the thing. Acting, you hear so much about how it is like an industry based on looks. Yeah. And especially when you're doing something Pride and Prejudice where Mm -hmm. she's supposed to be twenty three, she's not or she's not even three and twenty. Yeah. And obviously a big part of it is women kind of remain pure
0: Mm-hmm. until
1: marriage or I'm sure family we'll is disgraced. Yeah, but that's a big part of it. Well, that's what their view is, isn't it? Like, yeah. they view that Lydia's sordid affair has disgraced the family. Yeah. Obviously, like, you want certain types of characters for them to say, we're choosing the right actress.
0: Do you know what, though? The way that they costumed her.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't have
0: noticed until you pointed it
1: out. And I pointed it out the second she came on stage. Yeah, I
0: know.
1: Either way, I just wanted to pick up on yeah. it because I think that's an awesome thing. To hear that they have actively said, "No, you're not stepping down because this role you're perfect for it. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll make it work. That's what should happen." So, well done, Robert Kelly. Well done, everyone involved in this. That mm-hmm. you made the right choice, I think. With the show, we start
0: as we always do with Pride and Prejudice, with the best line, which is, "Can is each it...
1: overcome their own Pride and Prejudice?"
0: No. <laughs> rude
1: (laughs) what's your favourite line I know you love this it's the
0: opening line it's the truth universally acknowledged that a gentleman in possession of a large fortune must be in want of a wife and then in this version Lizzie says well I don't think that's true and it's
1: great because same the way these characters are adapted is just brilliant Mm -hmm. I don't have the same closeness to the source material that you do Mm -hmm. but I really like this take on the characters yeah
0: Especially with the silliness of some of these things, I do think some adaptations of Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility and Emma in particular are taken too seriously. And, you know, it's a it's a rom-com.
1: I feel like the way I've watched Pride and Prejudice, we've had the very serious yep. with Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've then gone all the way to not serious at all with Pride and Prejudice and the Zombies and kind of got somewhere in the middle yeah. between the two with this
0: falls goes nicely in the middle. Yeah. Which is where it should be, I think.
1: I think ultimately throughout this, you can tell that Paul Gordon mm-hmm. is having a lot of fun with this source material. Oh, 100%. Keeping it very faithful, but actually also enhancing things from a modern perspective and just making it funny if you're going to go see Pride and Prejudice in the musical you know the source material so there's in jokes for those people who know it I think that's brilliant it's yeah. the sort of way this should have been adapted
0: mm-hmm. so one of the things you said before we watched it was that something you knew about it was that we were going to be inside Mr Darcy's head you well, said it was I going to be from it, his yeah. perspective but you were along the right lines we spend quite a lot of time in this musical fantastically inside Mr Darcy's yeah. head which is such a great adaptation choice. Yeah,
1: and we'll talk about it as we go through because there's some yeah. really nice moments where we actually get to know Mister Darcy more than I think we ever have before.
0: Yeah, because usually what happens with the story is you don't find out what's what he's really like until the letter. Yeah. And then right at the end. Yeah. And that's kind of it because we're following Elizabeth. She's off our protagonist. Exactly,
1: quest. and we see him through her eyes yeah. because again. She's our protagonist. She is our entry into this world. Mm-hmm. So but this
0: version does such a great job with that.
1: Yeah, I just want to do a quick callback to our Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. episode. She said then, I love a digital backdrop, and this doesn't change it. The backdrop here is is so perfect, and the mm-hmm. sets are amazing. Yeah, the fact that you can obviously change the world with such a brilliant backdrop, and then have some really awesome props. Coming on stage, it's quite minimal at times. Other times, not so much. Yeah. But the sets in this, the backdrop, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the really setting, good.
0: The set that they have is essentially they've got the flat of the stage with three steps at the back and a little raised section, which is used for a couple of different things. But I think I I'm a hundred percent on board for digital backdrops when they replace what would be a fly essentially Mm -hmm. when you start introducing things like they did in this where you have the snow falling if it's not through a window i don't want to see it Mm -hmm. because it just takes me out of it
1: yeah i can understand i think sometimes they do more with the backdrop than maybe they should Mm -hmm. i think the digital backdrop for this worked yeah because it was such a small stage it was so intimate Mm -hmm. which is Interesting upsetting. for Pride and Prejudice because you get like these big set pieces of these big balls. It's quite nice to have it be smaller,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the backdrop helped with that. We did need big sets, small stage backdrop worked perfectly for this adaptation. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that would fare at a bigger theatre if it ever translated um, or transferred to Broadway. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how it would cope, but I really liked it, and the set is gorgeous throughout. Yeah. So he starts off with happiness and marriage which is a theme that's going to run through the show. keep propping up.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I love the singing in their accents.
0: Yeah, how many of these people do you think are actually English?
1: I don't think many of them are this English. Yeah. But to to sing and hold that accent it's the same as what I said with Hamilton. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can singing rap with a French accent. Yeah. Brilliant. The fact that they can sing with this period British voice, Mm -hmm. especially if that's not their nature.
0: No, and especially... So there were a couple of times with a couple of them where trying to sing in a British accent was not in their favour. Yeah. Just for hitting certain sounds. Like singing an A note in an English accent is harder than it is to do an American accent. And it just sort of flattened their singing just a tiny bit. Not that anybody normal would ever notice, you know? Yeah. But it's the sort of thing I listen for when we do yeah. these. And
1: when you teach music. Yeah. You, you know... not know what? <laughs> but, yeah. This song is a really good introduction to the world, really good introduction to the Bennets. If you haven't seen this before, mm-hmm. I feel like you you could really understand the family dynamic yeah. from this song. I love a lot of the lyrics that are in this show. I've written so many down. I don't. I know I write lyrics a lot, but I don't think I've written as many as I have here. Yeah. We get a really good line from Mrs. Bennett. First I'll marry off the eldest, then I'll marry off the rest. Yeah. The fact they made that lyric and that rhyme work. Mm-hmm. brilliant. And then we get the I Want song.
0: Yes, Headstrong, which I love. This is the song that I said before that, would go into my book if I still had a book.
1: Yeah, it's a, re- a really good song. Yeah. And again, great way to establish Elizabeth.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially with her themes of wanting to be more than she is capable of mm-hmm. being in the world that she lives in. You know, if Lizzie Bennett existed in modern day, this would be a very different story. Yeah. But her saying in that song, Headstrong, crashing into walls, often starting brawls, which I do as well as any man. Yeah. And everything she's saying about herself, if you put it the way her mother does, is negative. But the way she's saying it, she's like, if you described a man like this, yeah. he would be brilliant.
1: I think so it's a very. I, am too. I think it's a very fair adaptation of her. Yes. It's one with very modern, I guess, discourse on her. Yeah there's been so many studies on Elizabeth Bennet mm-hmm. and I feel like this adaptation bears them in mind yeah and i'd say it's fair you know she is headstrong to to a fault a fault yeah that's the
0: point yeah and
1: that awareness so that when she does transform later on it's a really good journey for this character mm-hmm. yeah i really liked it it's a great song there's a lovely direct addressed throughout this where They talk to the audience. Yeah, it's
0: almost like Miranda esque, by which I mean the BBC one, Miranda Hart, not the YouTuber. Or I guess the modern version is Fleabag.
2: Yeah.
0: Where we're getting the aside where she's just telling us what she thinks, Mm. where she'll be talking to somebody in character, she looks at the audience and is like, I hate them.
1: But we'll also get sides mid song.
0: Yeah, and it's it's
1: fantastic. We also get some really nice moments with Mary. Mm-hmm. Was, oh my god, she was hilarious in this version. It was weird because she wasn't always the voice of the like the narrator setting the scene. There was one or two so, moments where she wasn't, but then the majority of the time she was. Yeah. I would have kept her as it. I think it was
0: it was only right at the beginning Lizzie introduces her family. Yeah. So should somebody will talk and she'd be like, Jane, my sister, the youngest, Lydia, blah blah blah. She introduces everyone mary does the scene changes so anytime we change location mary introduces where we are but she does it in the most bored voice possible she's the playing field yeah she's like uh a ball at netherfield
1: but it's fun (laughs) because it fits her character it's almost like she's writing the book of her sister she doesn't want
0: to be here she no. doesn't want to be going to these parties or involved in any of this. She's good. It's yeah. oh, It was so, so funny.
1: Yeah. It But it does feel as well like chapters in a book, which mm. is more like tongue-in-cheek. We know what the source material is. It's kind of have each one is a new chapter. Mm-hmm. A single man of good fortune, nice, simple song. Yeah. Which there's a lot of, it's almost Hamilton-esque that some of the songs are just quick and they move on.
0: Yeah. So some of the songs on this aren't featured on the soundtrack. Because they're sort of, like, yeah.
1: essentially. So this is the thing. I try to always write down whenever anyone starts singing to kind of gauge. Even if it's a non-song, I write it down. It's 34 songs. And obviously a soundtrack, I doubt, has 34 attached to it. I didn't even count 34 when the credits crop up. We have this kind of nice introduction to the dance to the ball.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we go to more than hello.
0: Oh, which is, I love this.
1: But... Before we talk about the song, do you want to talk about your issues with the dance presented?
0: Oh yeah, so I've already explained what the the stage set out looks like. So up at the back of the stage on the steps, there are three couples, including Jane and Mr. Bingley, waltzing at a country dance where they definitely wouldn't be waltzing. Mm. I feel like I've seen enough period dramas, especially... Versions of Pride and Prejudice where, you know, they're doing a reel or a drill. They don't waltz.
1: The dancing later on was better when they're just... Yeah. When she first danced to Mr. Darcy, that was the dancing you expected Yeah, from and Prejudice.
0: with this, with More Than Hello, as the song goes on, they start doing a reel yeah. together when they move downstage. And I get it. Like, fine. It, we're just showing that there's a dance happening. But everything else in this show, I was fairly satisfied with for the era yeah. except maybe Lizzie's dress in the second act yeah. but everything else I was like this is great the costumes while very obvious for what we're doing perfect I didn't yeah. have a problem with any of them the, the fact that yeah when the men sit down they flip the tails of their coats up so that they can sit down properly nobody was sitting on tails of coats Very, very pleased.
1: There's a lot of hard work, I think, to maintain the integrity of this time. I even wrote down here, the songs sound like they come out of Austin's England. Not all the time, not consistently, but early on, it's, you know, here. Mm -hmm. These songs felt like they always belonged in Pride and Prejudice.
0: Yeah, but I don't know why we needed to waltz in the background. Especially because they were waltzing and they were pressed right up against that other person. You're not allowed to do that.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about that later on as well. Mr Bingley has a really good line here. Darcy, I must have you.
0: Dance. Dance." (laughs) Yeah. I thought we were going to get a very
1: different Pride and Prejudice here.
0: 100% on board for that version. So we've talked about the dancing with more than hello. They did a really good job with this because in every other version of Pride and Prejudice, Jane and Bingley are bigger characters yes in this version they are quite small characters they're not really that important they exist sort of just as a plot but with this you get such a good little song where both of them are having this internal monologue of all the things they would want to say yes. to the other person but can't and Bingley basically says yes well that's all that's everything I would have said but I didn't. <laughs>
1: And he brings it up later as well. It's, and it's a nice callback. So I think it's really interesting that actually this version, they're not as integral. Other versions I've seen, you see a lot more with them. Mm. They are it's just it's kind... their
0: effect on Elizabeth that is the point. They're
1: just MacGuffins, yeah. really, when you think about it. They are the catalyst for Elizabeth's journey. Yeah, And it's also their relationship kind of deteriorating the props her relationship with mm-hmm. darcy yeah, sort of yeah they are the secondary lovers they are essential to this plot yes but we don't actually need to see the trials and tribulations of them yeah I'd love to see a pride and prejudice to focus solely on them
0: yeah that'd be, be really be
1: interesting. interesting like would jane be looking at elizabeth behind the scenes going oh my god what are you doing why are you making it all about you
0: No, Jane would never do that. No,
1: because Jane's so nice.
0: Jane's an angel. Yes. Which is why the main character is named after the author. I know. (laughs) One of my favourite things.
1: So So we get a song with Mr Darcy. Yes. The world we live in. Yeah. I really love the composure and posture as Mr Darcy sings. It's slow, his demeanour fits the source material. Again, it's Mm -hmm. not big, Broadway, elaborate numbers. They have scaled it back to still feel like these are characters from that world. And yeah. clearly, the fact everyone in
0: this has amazing posture.
1: Yeah, the fact he's done Emma, Sense and Sensibility, and Jane Eyre, he's clearly brought it to this point where he knows what he's doing, what he expects with the songs. Yeah. And the performers work. Like, it, it feels like there's real integrity to these characters mm-hmm. here. I
0: Especially... reckon
1: Jane Austen would appreciate this take on the characters more so than Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I
0: don't know. She was a radical. She would have have a good laugh at Pride and Prejudice. I think she'd have obvious. been self-aware
1: enough to laugh at that. And she'd be like, yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool. 100%. There was a TV show called Lost in Austin, yeah. which was very weird and good. But there was a line in it where the main character, she basically gets sucked into Pride and Prejudice. It's great. But she says to somebody, well, you're doing this and Jane Austen is rolling in her grave like a cat in a washing machine. And it that comes into my head. So often.
1: That's such but a weird line. With
0: this version, Jane Austen isn't even moving. She's having a great time.
1: Yeah, well, she is moving. She's moving along to those six
0: mm-hmm. beats. She's having an absolute bop, because these songs are fantastic.
1: So I think I've identified a song here that isn't on your list, because you didn't give me a title. You kind of will say to me halfway through, that's the title of the song. You didn't give me one here. And this is when Caroline Bingley is singing her letter. Yes, Caroline's letters. Small thing, letters. but... So much sarcasm dripping. Her depiction of Caroline Bingley is great.
0: And I think this is the true face of Caroline Bingley, is what she's playing. We very often get the sort of sickeningly sweet Caroline, but this was just full bitch, Caroline
1: Yes, Bingley. I'd love you to come to the house. Mr Darcy's here, and it's going to be so exciting that you join us.
0: Caroline
1: <laughs> Bingley...
0: She was great. She was was really good. She's writing these letters to Jane, but you know that she doesn't actually care. And it's all just to find out more about this girl that somehow has magically got her brother to fall in love with her. It's great. Oh, she's slimy. We love it.
1: She is slimy, but not the slimiest character in this, Mm -hmm. which is saying something. Really liked her depiction in this. I just thought it was great. And the few times she comes on, I was having fun when she was there. Yeah. We're walking through the mud now.
0: Yes. Not sure I this song I sort of medium like.
1: Kinda filler.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's very short. Walk Through Mud is forty one seconds long
1: on the soundtrack.
0: It is reprised later and used Mm. better,
1: I would say. It's more just setting up for later, I Mm -hmm. think. It's a good song. It's fine. She's on her way to Bingley's. Yeah. Because
0: it has a name.
1: Mrs. Bennet's tried to kill her daughter. I don't care <laughs> if they get ill. They can go and he will look after and he will fall in love with her. Imagine if that backfired. Like, imagine if Jane died.
0: Would they make that joke later?
1: It's just it's weird.
0: Yeah. they Basically, basically Mrs. Bennet does not care what happens to her daughters as long as they are well
1: married. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a character needs a motivation. Yep her motivation her objective stays the same throughout you've got mm. to admire her there's no back and forth And in also it.
0: of all the bad luck for this yeah. time period to have five daughters mm. can't like, blame her No
1: you really can't blame her no. I really like Bingley's characterisation. he seems so in love with her He's such a sweetie He is he's really sweet Yeah and it's nice to see men in this time period not like hiding away their feelings you can imagine back in this day and age that you have to take a step back Yeah. And it's quite nice to see that he's Mm. invested in her and he is nervous around her. Yeah. It's a different take.
0: this is what Mr Darcy should be. And this has always bothered me. Because in the book, at the end, Mr Darcy says, I would have talked to you more and been kinder to you had I been less in love with you. Mm. By which he means, I was too nervous... And, like, angsty about it on the inside. So I just came across as being really cold. So playground flirting. Yeah, but I think they did a good job in this version of showing that because we get the inside of his head. We do. Where he's having a little existential crisis. Yes,
1: so he established he wants a woman with a mind and Elizabeth is mocking him. No, you don't. You don't know what that means. Yeah. Because she's just so headstrong. Mm -hmm. She doesn't see what's right in front of her. Yeah. She's almost militant in her desire to like look at me yeah. i will not be ensnared by a man mm-hmm. to the point that mr darcy is quite genuine but she doesn't believe it because no man would ever actually feel that way
0: yeah as, as almost, if a man would want me for my brain yes
1: it's Wait. word service it's almost like he's showing up, well i'm a better man than any other man because i want someone with brains mm-hmm. and she doesn't see it as a genuine thing no and he's upfront about his feelings for the first time ever. We get bravado. Oh dear God, I like her eyes.
0: I'm in trouble now. Yes. It's that song, right? Bravado. Is if this if this soundtrack goes onto Spotify, I'm going to download that song because it's it. That's my favorite song in the show. It's amazing. It is
1: great. He it's it's the most explicit version of Mister Darcy being in love with yes. Elizabeth Bennet I've ever From... seen.
0: The absolute minute she opens yes. her mouth,
1: basically. Now, you're probably going to poo-poo this idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, I'm going to tell you that I could really see Jonathan Groff playing this role. And I don't know if that's because like it, it's silly, like Lost in the Woods is. Yeah. It's a silly song. But also, I can just see him with his Hamilton accent doing Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. I just... I could see him in this style because it's a self-aware Mr. Darcy. Yeah. And I think he does self-aware pretty good.
0: Yeah. And this show is quite satirical.
1: Yeah. With I... some
0: of the songs, especially because bravado is kind of pop rock.
1: Yes, and exactly. It's,
0: God, it's funny. This is the, the first introduction of the electric guitar yeah. into the show as well. Because it up it till now, it's really, really was. It's the
1: opening to loss in the woods. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, yeah, this is just so self-aware and beautiful for it. Yeah. I'm sure Jonathan Groff is, is maybe too big a name to do a
2: mm-hmm.
1: brand new version of Pride and Prejudice, but I could so see him in this role. Yeah,
0: it, it just... is that same sort of George III silliness.
1: It is. Yeah. And maybe he can do that in bursts and not be as serious as Mr. Darcy is, because it's not supposed mm-hmm. to be comic, but this moment where he's like, oh, God, I like her eyes. It's so silly.
0: Yeah, and the entire audience, he actually has to pause...
1: Because the crowd the noises, just I love it. I really, really love this. I say it all the time but when we get a crowd who's so invested in it yeah. it makes it more fun. We're watching something where they're clearly in front of an audience. If I didn't hear them cheering, laughing, clapping along it maybe wouldn't have the same impact. Mm-hmm. I really love hearing the crowd noises. I enjoyed it in Newsies. I enjoyed it in Hamilton. I've enjoyed the crowd interaction in this. Yeah. I enjoyed it in a Harry Potter trilogy as well. Like, it's just nice to hear
0: People being the origins having fun.
1: <sighs> Mr. Collins.
0: Oh, my God. So we talked about when we watched Pride, Prejudice and Zombies. I don't think Mr. Collins is to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And I love Matt Smith's version of him. Mm-hmm. He is an imbecile. And he just sort of breezes in, doesn't really know what's happening. Doesn't really know how to speak to women, and I liked that with the Matt Smith version. He's kind of younger as well.
1: You said that that would be your ideal Mr. Collins representation. Yeah,
0: he—he's my favourite Mr. Collins representation. I like the one in the two thousand and five version. He
1: was he's Cutler in, in Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Yes, I like him. He's not silly enough. No, he's but very I like serious. That he's a little man.
1: Yes, That's he's very hilarious. serious. He's looking at this as a business proposition. In this version, we get a very slimy... Oh
0: my God, I want him to die.
1: <laughs> I did love it, though. Like oh.
0: Brilliant. This actor, I, I always think, if you can make me hate you, you are a fantastic
1: actor. It's so slimy. Like him. He sings about how he wants to take their virtue, and he's like, which one's virtue would I have? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible, but it's funny. Yeah. Because the... I know that period pieces are different but he's their cousin yeah so it is kind of slimy and again it's that self awareness of it by a modern standard
0: yeah
1: his his song which of you i really liked yeah he says things like which of you will submit to me and it's awful yeah it is gross and i i was like he's so gross and then all of the the sisters start singing every part of him's revolting
0: and they're all singing together. Yes, it's great. This is the first time. And the contrast
1: them. between the two—I mm-hmm. say two voices, but the the, the sisters' voices and his voices—is great. It yeah. comes together really well.
0: The you, the term virtue is used quite a few times throughout this by a couple of characters, and as a modern audience, I think it's very clear that we're supposed to dislike them because yeah. we understand virtue to mean virginity. Well,
1: the two characters that predominantly use virtue are. Collins, and Wickham.
0: Wickham much later on.
1: Yes. Well, he's right at the end, isn't it? Mm -hmm.
0: But it doesn't, because this is archaic, it doesn't just mean virginity, it also means chastity. So in the Regency era, and before that, as a young woman, you would share a bed with another young woman until you were married, essentially. Yes. So that you had somebody to prove your virtue. But chastity as well was like, you are never alone with a man. Mm -hmm. So when him and Lizzie are alone for the first time, that's already impeaching on her virtue. Yes. Because they're alone in a room together.
1: But it's the same as you were telling me with Oklahoma, that it's kind of men and women had very minimal alone time together. And if you were alone, it's because essentially at that point, you are going to get married.
0: That's why at the beginning of the, the show, when mrs bennett is saying how many times mr bingley danced with jane that's alone time with a man where you're touching each other he danced with her twice in one evening when he'd never met her before so that kind of alone time then you probably get like two to four minutes alone that's an obscene amount of time to spend with a man who's not related to you and you haven't been introduced to before who clearly has like desires of
1: yeah, see, this is the thing. I always find it funny that in these period pieces where they're like, I love you more than I've ever loved anyone. I didn't know if love was possible. And you kind of look and go Of course, you, you didn't.
0: You've never spoken to But a this woman is before. it. It's like you look at it
1: and you think, well, you've been together for maybe 15 minutes in total. But actually, like, probably, yeah, Bingley, his version of love is pure mm-hmm. for Jane because the fact that he has spent so much time with her, he probably knows her better than he's ever known another woman before.
0: Yeah. Other and, than his sister. Yeah. He so would never have spent time.
1: By that standard of love, it is much more different and probably is the same as a modern version of love where you are with someone sometimes a month or two before you say it. Yeah. But you spent a lot of time in their presence nowadays. You wouldn't expect to say it after maybe the 10th hour of knowing them.
0: No. It's weird. Well, that's why it's so tragic for Charlotte Lucas to marry Mr. Collins. Yeah. Because her, in the beginning, when she sings Happiness in Marriage, she says, you should just find someone to marry and worry about the rest of it afterwards.
1: I always forget that she's a character. She just feels a very
0: non-character you know, to me. It's sad. But like the fact that that's her outlook just shows how, first of all, how poor and old she is for this time. She's 27. And also, that's not going to end well for her. No. It's just not.
1: So we are introduced to this version of Mr. Wickham, and he attracts all the attention. Obviously. Women love a man in uniform, or at least Lydia and Kitty love a man in uniform.
0: And Mrs. Bennet loves a man in uniform.
1: Mary gets a beautiful line, I find war to be very upsetting.
0: (laughs) Same. At which point you
1: turn to me and go... I'm Mary, aren't I?
0: In this version, yes, I'm Mary Gunner. So She is a crazy little
1: psychopath. She is.
0: <laughs> I love
1: her. I really enjoy, and maybe it happens in other versions, but I really noticed it in this version, perhaps because I am more aware of Pride and Prejudice than mm-hmm. I've been before. I like how Elizabeth and Wickham bond over in their dislike for Darcy. Like That's what brings them together, Yeah. because they just dislike Darcy. Mm-hmm. For Elizabeth, it's because she's headstrong, but for Wickham, it's because Darcy's stolen his Money. fortune, yeah. which is good reason.
0: Yeah. And the song that he sings here to her.
1: My the, Ministry.
0: Right? This is the the sneakiest version of him.
1: Look at me. I'm a good religious man. You could take home to your parents.
0: Right? Marry because me. you get the idea that had Wickham actually gone into the church, him and Lizzie would kind of have been perfect for each other. Oh, yeah.
1: If he had good intentions, if he was as honest as he claims to be, mm-hmm. it would have been a great match.
0: Yeah. But,
1: but I, think I think this is definitely one of, especially considering Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Yeah, I think this is one of the most kind of dastardly versions of him. He knows yeah. what he's doing. And for someone who is so headstrong, Lizzie's very easy to manipulate here.
0: Yeah, she's very quick to believe him. And I think because this song is written with the intention of Wickham telling Lizzie his tragic backstory in inverted commas but also letting the audience know that he's lying yeah you watch it with a sense of like why would you believe him
1: because she's such a smart character as well which is why I like that she's headstrong to a fault
0: yeah she's like I've made up my mind I don't like Mr Darcy so anything anyone tells me about him that's bad she's so naive and it's great
1: it's a really nice version of her
0: also alone time with a man yes I know they're in public but still
1: but then we get, you know, at this point it's, it's Frozen. It's Anna and Hans who are agreeing Yeah, to and dance. I said
0: that to yeah. you as well. The actor that plays Wickham in this would make a fabulous Hans.
1: Yes, they agree to dance at Neverfield. Yes. Which he never shows up, ironically. No,
0: because he says one of my favourite of his lines from the book, which is, if Mr Darcy wishes to avoid me, It must be him that goes, and not me. I will not be chased away.
1: So petty. Immediately
0: doesn't show up, because he knows. If he shows up, Darcy will just have him kicked out.
1: So Collins comes back. I really do feel like... Collins looks like Snape from a very potter musical.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's that kind of like snideness to his movements. Like yeah. he, he's he's Snape with the volume turned down, but I could so see Snape being a good version of this Collins. Yeah. But also I feel like Darcy is is Voldemort. I can't remember the actor's name. Joe Walker. He feels like Joe Walker. Like some of the things he says and the way he that. says them and the way he stands, it feels very Joe Walker.
0: But also is that maybe To do with the sort of fake British accent?
1: Possibly. It just, it's nice. Again, you know, had I not seen a very popular musical before, I might not have made a connection there. And it, you know, it just, I could see two actors there doing well in this role. Mm. And now we're dancing. I don't know why I've written that down. And now we're dancing. No idea. No.
0: That's probably related to something. it,
1: it, It must be a line. I wrote it down. You get
0: Mr. Collins' decides that he's gonna marry Lizzie. Yes. And she says no. <laughs>
1: there's a song called Duet. Oh yeah. Where there so it must be and now we're dancing. So it must be to the fact there's an argument and now we're dancing. Like it's a it's a snide Elizabeth comment towards Mr. Darcy, I'm sure. But this duet's really good. They're both basically singing about how I hate them even though I think I love them. Like mm. that's essentially the gist of this song, yeah. No, because
0: it's Darcy's. Is I am going to act like I hate you, even though I love
1: you. And she's just. And like, she's
0: I hate you so adamantly that it almost feels like passion.
1: Yeah, because she loves him, and it just. But she's she doesn't denial. know that. No, she doesn't know that, but we know that. We do. And then Collins comes back. He's gross, but that's the appeal of him, because he proposes marriage yeah, to... in the worst way possible. Oh, or... yeah. And she says, I am flattered, mostly.
0: Kind of, I think.
1: <laughs> like, she's just it's trying funny. to... And this whole song is great, because... She's trying to let him down nice. like It's almost like she's trying to convince him that it's a bad idea. Yeah. And she gets so passionate, but she has to step back and remain composed because she's Mm -hmm. a lady. The lyrics in this song are are, are amazing. If you haven't, check out The Last One On Earth. The lyrics are so clever. It's a really good song, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed this one.
0: Especially for how it ends, because like you say, she's really trying to hold back. Yes. The whole way through this song. She's trying not to... To just say no to him. Mm. Because she's still trying to be polite and ladylike. And right at the end of the song, she's repeated a couple of times, you wouldn't love me if I was the last woman on Earth. We wouldn't be good for each other. And then right at the end, she says, well, we wouldn't be good for each other if I was the last woman on Earth. But fortunately, I'm not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we get one of my favourite exchanges in all of the versions of Pride and Prejudice. Sweet it to is tea. in
0: every version.
1: And I love it. So obviously, Mrs. Bennett is is angry. Yeah. Somebody needs to marry Mr. Collins because to he... ensure
0: that they won't all be
1: homeless. Yeah. Somebody I understand, needs to, and but... I do understand it. But it's a shame. It's a shame that you, these girls live in that world. Mm-hmm. So she goes to Mr. Bennett and adamant, "You need to talk to your daughter." And she shouts in a very the most aggressive tone we hear. And Mr. Bennett says, "Lovely tone, darling. You do me proud."
0: Mr. Bennett is a sarcastic
1: wizard. So I I really like this. In every version we've watched, how he always takes her side. Yeah. That your mother says she'll never talk to you again for not marrying him. But I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. I would never talk to you again if you did marry him. I just love the fact that he's... A
0: dad in this era is willing to stand up for his daughter.
1: Because you can imagine... Before I ever watch Bride and Prejudice, my idea would be that him as a dad is, if mum's angry, he's angrier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love that he just Mr his
0: Bennett's daughters. whole thing is that he does not want to be involved in mm-hmm. any of the girly things. Yes. He wants to sit in his library and read his books and go fishing and shooting, as yes. gentlemen did, and not be disturbed, but to a fault. Yes. That's his fatal flaw. He wants to be left alone. He doesn't want to be bothered by any of this. And his downfall for that fatal flaw is Lydia's descent. Yeah. And, and that's his, more involved, involved, his
1: fault. Which you can then see he's now more overbearing on Kitty at the end because mm-hmm. of Lydia. We get Cost of Marriage. You know, it's just, it's a good exposition song.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I don't think it needs to be talked about more. It covers it perfectly. Like, Marriage is great, but you know it there's costs that come with it people aren't always going to be happy for it yeah mr collins is now married to charlotte Lucas. you know it just poor her. yeah it's a good song it, it's well performed but it's just more like story that's move the narrative on this yeah. is when narrative
0: mr collins has to get out of here and yeah. Lizzie has to go to rosie this is it. So. The,
1: this part of the story could take longer i've seen it take longer i like it capture it in song you don't need to see it yeah a Man of My Acquaintance.
0: It's very sad, yes. but again, I sort of move it along.
1: It is. You know, something's happened. They're not going to get married. Do you
0: know how long that song is?
1: How long? Three minutes. It's one of the longest songs in here. Yeah. It almost feels like, as well, that Jane is trying to say to Elizabeth, oh, I'm happy, because he's, he's just an acquaintance. I never wanted more. And you can tell she's not a good salesperson. person
0: She's trying to lie to herself
1: and it's not even working on her. She's a fantastic singer. Every singer has... Every every performer has a different style of song. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned to me that different performers have different instruments to accompany them. Yeah, a
0: lot of Lizzie's songs are acoustic guitar, Mr. Darcy is electric guitar, when Collins sings his song it's the first introduction of bass, Yes, and Jane is violin.
1: She's very opera as well, like her voice...
0: She's a soprano, so yeah. yeah.
1: I really liked mm-hmm. her song. You know, sure. maybe...
0: It's really nice to see a female protagonist who is not a soprano, yeah. because Lizzie is an alto mezzo, which is so nice. As somebody who is an alto, yeah, amazing, I love it.
1: We established that Mr Wickham is Mr Fickleham. Mm-hmm. He's only interested in Miss King, now she has money. Yes, And 10,000. Mr Bennett is off put and realise that this is not a man that any of his daughters should be
0: kind interested of in.
1: interested in. Yeah, because he wouldn't have their best interests.
0: No, he can see how fickle that he is. Yes.
1: We have a Ladyship's praise. Oh my God. So, Lady Catherine comes in like King George, mm-hmm. I think, very really like centre of attention, slow. I was expecting this to be quite a slow song. This is... A- Oh, it's great. It's really good. <laughs> it's a
0: villain song. It's amazing. Because Lady Catherine is the closest thing we have to I think we have another
1: villain, and I'll talk about that.
0: Well, yeah. But, like, Lady Catherine is a sort of...
1: She's a cow. Yeah. She's kind of, she's like... so mean. How far removed she's from the real world because of her money. Yeah. And... The
0: way she treats her servants. The way
1: she treats everyone.
0: One of my favourite things with this song is she repeatedly says... The upper class, the middle, the common, and the servant. And when she says the common, she gestures to the audience.
1: Ah, oh, I didn't pick up on that. She does it
0: a couple of times. And, I, and then she, the servants is the maids that are behind her, and they bow
1: every time she says the servants. But so even funny. her treatment of her daughter. Yeah. You well, know, she's not a nice person, and... Yeah. It's a really good song, like you say. I think it's a close to a villain song.
0: Amazing. That is the, the closest thing we have to a villain song.
1: She's, yeah, I think... She's an interesting character. I forget about her until yeah. she comes on.
0: She's one of those characters, she's like a side villain. Just yes. like, obviously, Wickham is.
1: Oh, I don't think Wickham like Wickham is, is
0: the villain. He kidnaps a 15-year-old. Yes. Um, I don't think that's odd. I was also going
1: to say, I do think Lydia is a little bit of a villain, though. Because the way she comes in after getting married, and she's all like, I'm, I'm better sorry. than all of Lydia you.
0: Lydia is a 15-year-old girl. I thought she was 16. The... No, 15. And she's the youngest of five. Of course she's going to be
1: horrible to them.
0: They've been told their entire lives they have one goal in life and it's to get married.
1: Look at me, I got married first. Right. She She
0: has outclassed her sisters by being the quickest to catch a husband. Amazing, well done to you. But she's 15. And even by then standards, even uh, Lady Catherine says, why is your youngest sister even out? And seeing men, like she shouldn't be allowed to do this the adult sisters aren't married yet yeah which is a stupid rule but I understand it stops your youngest children from being kidnapped
1: well this is it and Wickham does have a type clearly Mr. Darcy
0: King's really young as well yeah again characters my brother would play (laughs) we love you Jake (laughs) Just to be clear, I'm sure I've made this joke on the podcast before. My brother is an actor and he was in Sense and Sensibility and he played essentially the Wickham character in that. Yes. And then he was Romeo in Romeo and Juliet, who does the same thing, by the way. He kidnaps a teenager and marries her. So the joke is that my brother always plays that character. But he does it
1: really well. Oh, he's
0: he's amazing. We love him.
1: This is it. He comes across so smarmy in these roles. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's the complete opposite of who he is as a person. Yeah, that's why it's so good. That's why
0: we enjoy it so much, just because my brother isn't like that at all. But the characters that he plays, we hate them. It's amazing.
1: During this song, Elizabeth says something, and I can't remember what, but Mr Darcy lets out a really cute laugh, which I just thought was really nice. So
0: Lady Catherine and Lizzie are having a sing-off, essentially, during this song. And... Lady Catherine says, well, I have hundreds of servants to clean all my rooms. And Lizzie says, yes, so many rooms that you don't know what's in most of them. And Mr. Darcy goes, huh, and then slaps his hand over his mouth. It's
1: really cute. Like, it's I like so this cute. version of Mr. Darcy not being all uptight. Mm-hmm. He's he's more fun. He's less Edward in Twilight here.
0: Yeah. I think that is how he comes across sometimes. He is. In, he's, just, he's just a dork who doesn't know how to talk to this girl yeah. that he fancies and comes off as being... Like, rude.
1: He's so much more relatable in this version. Yeah. Which is nice. Because with these period dramas, you feel a lot of the time the men are inconsequential.
0: They basically are. It's a rom-com. We're here for the female characters.
1: Yeah, this is very female gaze. Yeah. So, for me, I enjoy watching them. They're fun. But you don't ever really get the sense that the men are more than just, I guess, character arcs. Yeah. And it's nice to see Mr. Darcy and Mr. Bingley and Mr. Collins and Mr. Wickham feel more fleshed out here. Yeah. You know, watching it as a male, it's quite nice to see traits of myself in this version of Mr. Darcy, Mm -hmm. which I've never had watching Pride and Prejudice before.
0: I was thinking that when we were watching it, like how relatable they come across. Yeah.
1: And that's nice. You know, I feel like they've balanced male gaze with female gaze quite well here yeah. it's still more female gaze but I feel like it's been balanced better than any other version I've seen Yeah, you know mm-hmm. I would argue that Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is male gaze mm-hmm. you know the women are male gaze they're not the characters as you know them and then the version of Kira Knightley is very female gaze this is the this is the best blending of both of them I think
0: yeah so, we ascertain that we do not need her ladyship's praise. No. And then...
1: Colonel uh, Fitzwilliam, what a gossipy bitch. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> they literally... <laughs> I've never thought about it like that before. But there are so many characters in this who just want to... I know there's nothing else going on. We don't have TV or radio yet, but, jeez, these people have nothing else to do. I know, but
1: I love it. Like, his, his exchange with Elizabeth is just... Perfect.
0: Yeah, and he talks for a while, but the the gist of it is literally, oh my god, did you hear? Mister Darcy stopped this girl and his friend from getting married because the girl's family were completely poor. They don't have anything, and her family were ridiculous and they were embarrassing. Amazing, isn't he such a saint? And Lizzie's like, I, don't I feel like this
1: version of Colonel Fitzwilliam has a massive crush on Mister Darcy.
0: Hundred percent.
1: Which is just great. I really like that exchange.
0: You know, there's people that want
1: book Colonel Fitzwilliam.
0: That are like, why didn't Lizzie just get with him? Because he's great in the book. He's just a nice, like quite well to do man who is just happens to be around.
1: Because she's headstrong. Yeah. What kind of man, which is some a, a song we get reprised. Another
0: amazing song.
1: And and the reprises of this are brilliant mm-hmm. because they change with Elizabeth's perception
0: of Mr. Yeah. Darcy.
1: That Mr Darcy. How dare you destroy a love so true. Yes. Great.
0: And then Mister Darcy puts his entire foot in it.
1: He has a real way with words. That was an awful proposal.
0: Terrible. And that's the point.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know, but it is. And here's, here's my question. Had she not just learned about his meddling... Yeah. ...with her sister, do you think there might have been a part of her that was more inclined to say yes at this point?
0: I think if she didn't know about Jane and Bingley, she would have thought... So anyway, although at the time they're blaming Caroline for it. Yes. But then she also accuses him of the Wickham thing. Mm. I think if her only accusation was Wickham, he would have told her then and there and yeah. been like, look, he's lying to you. This is what happened.
1: He tried it on with my 15-year-old sister. I yeah. had to cut
0: him off. Here's a type. And we would maybe have more of an inkling. I still don't think she'd say yes.
1: But she wouldn't just put her foot down and say no straight away. I feel like she'd perhaps be like, do you really think I could marry a man who treats his friends as poorly as you? There'd be a conversation, and she'd be like, okay, well, the answer's still no.
0: I mean, also, he says, you are of a lower social status than me, and everyone's going to hate that I'm marrying you, but I'm willing to deal with it. And you're going to bring shame on my family, essentially. Yeah. Look at how far I'm
1: dropping to propose to you.
0: But the worst bit is, like, against my own better judgment, I like you. It's like, mate. (laughs)
1: Essentially, he's trying to say, like, I don't usually go for girls like you. Basically. But I really like you. And I am going to get a lot of people who hate me for this, but you're worth it. The sentiment is really sweet.
0: He just, it entirely does not come out the way. I know, like, he's
1: willing to be like, I'll throw away everything and be with you. Mm -hmm. and he comes out with the most ridiculous proposal I've ever seen.
0: My favourite bit of that that whole scene, which I've never seen in an adaptation before, was he says to her, am I not allowed to say my version of this? And she's like, no, and she leaves. But I've never seen him do that in a version Mm -hmm. before. Because he writes her the letter, and that's the bit everybody knows, but, yeah, why doesn't he say... Or hold up, I should be allowed to say my piece. Yeah, you're not listening to like my version of it. You're just saying what you think,
1: mm. which
0: I mean, fair, good on you.
1: Interestingly, very similar timestamp for this conflict in this version and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. At this point, we're an hour and three minutes in, and in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, because our internet stopped working, we stopped on there, there this. Oh my evening.
0: god, we were.
1: An hour and eight minutes.
0: That's, well, yeah.
1: Similar timestamp. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, in, I'm especially considering that maybe that version has more enhancements elsewhere. Yeah. And this version has skipped certain bits. I just thought it was interesting that, that they is both really interesting. built that way. Against My Will.
0: Yeah. That's oh. him, him trying to explain.
1: Oh, I think this is my favourite song in this one. Why? The notes he hits and the way he sings. Like, it's just...
0: Oh, it's Be- the, the sort of rock sound.
1: Yeah, but there's also some really beautiful notes where he sings Miss Bennett. Mm-hmm. Like, his voice is gorgeous. Oh,
0: and this guy, right? And I understand why you're saying Jonathan Groff, because Jonathan Groff has a really good falsetto. Yes. This guy's falsetto is seamless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, his voice just rolls up into it, which is amazing for how high he's singing. He has kind of a high-pitched voice anyway. Oh my ugh, It was just a amazing. really,
1: really beautiful song. It's nice to see his reactions and I really liked getting in his headspace. It's yeah. nice to see how he feels about being turned down. We've never had that before. He leaves. That's it. We get the letter. It's mm-hmm. nice to see that he is actually heartbroken.
0: Yeah, because when in the normal versions when he when Lizzie gets the letter, he says at the beginning of the letter, I will not repeat those sentiments that were so disgusting to you. Yeah. He's saying, well, we're not going to talk about the fact that I just proposed
1: to you, yeah. but here's the other things. Here's what I need to address. We've never
0: had a version before where you understand how heartbroken he is. Yeah. I think the 2005 version, you get an idea, because he he's so soft yeah. in that version. And it's just for that moment. Yeah. And it's beautiful. But this is...
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a really awesome bit as well during this. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of, the camera is on the position of stage right, kind of looking towards it, and Elizabeth just steps into shot.
0: Oh, and into a spotlight, and it was
1: gorgeous. It was, it was the sort of thing that you only get from a filmed version of it, but especially because he's looking in her direction, she just steps in. You don't know she's there. Oh, such a gorgeous yeah, shot.
0: Because of the position of the camera, you, you wouldn't have seen her come on stage. And so when she just
1: steps into it, we were both just sat here like, oh, amazing. Yeah. And I think this is a really good place for the interval. I think yeah. The interval placement works well for this. We're kind of, everything's about to come crumbling down
2: mm-hmm.
1: for Elizabeth, but also for Darcy. Both of yep. these characters, they've kind of come up to a point, their flirty banter has led to this, and now they're going to go back down to come up again. Mm-hmm. Like you say, your narrative arc for musicals.
0: Yes.
1: Set the world up so it can all come falling down.
0: Absolutely.
1: So we come straight back in with Headstrong Reprise. with the Yeah. Letter. Can you imagine the awkwardness of being stuck in this estate with somebody who, you know, you proposed to, and they're like, no, you disgust me. And then you'd be like, oh, God. They're not staying seen.
0: in the same house, though.
1: No, but they, they they they're in the same grounds, so they could kind of.
0: So the way that it works is there's Rosings Estate, which is where yes. Lady Catherine lives. That's where Fitzwilliam and Darcy are staying. Which interestingly, Darcy's first name is Fitzwilliam.
1: I I did hear that. I thought what?
0: Yeah, Fitzwilliam Darcy. It
1: really threw me because I was like, huh. And i didn't know his Colonel first name
0: before. Fitzwilliam,
1: yeah. which is not his first name. So, I really wish they got married now. Fitzwilliam Darcy. No. And, I mean, Darcy he, and he, Fitzwilliam he, Fitzwilliam. Yeah. Well, no, because it would have been Fitzwilliam Fitzwilliam and something Fitzwilliam. Because Mr. Darcy would have taken his name.
0: Yeah. Whatever his first name is, I don't yeah. know. I feel like it's like Christopher or something.
1: Yeah, Christopher and Fitzwilliam Fitzwilliam. <laughs> yeah. The ship that needs to happen for this.
0: 100%. You know, people are more likely to ship Bingley and Darcy. Because, like, besties for life.
1: This scene is so good. Yeah.
0: This is the reprise of Headstrong where Lizzie starts to think maybe her headstrongness is a flaw and not her greatest strength,
1: which she thought it was before. This is her starting to think, wow, I misjudged him. But I really like the moments where she's reading the letter and he says the letter and then she comments on it. I love it. The humour there is really good. And she's like, yeah, I'll give you that one. There's yeah. some really nice oh, she, interactions.
0: Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, your family are really
1: embarrassing. She's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, there's some really nice moments. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's something about the line, like, men can't do apologies well. And it's like, yeah, apologies are difficult. Like,
0: oh, he says something about Jane. And she's like, why can't he just apologise? Why are men like this? All men do this. Why don't they ever just apologise and move on? Apologies are
1: difficult. Mr. Darcy when he sings She was fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Great. No. It's and just a phantom call, cool it was so rock yeah. opera. I really it's almost like we're watching Rock of Ages for yeah. a moment. It was the most jarring part of it. It was the one point where I really felt like, yeah, that doesn't fit yeah. everything up. I loved it because it was funny.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and the, the physicality of him coming in between Georgiana and yeah. Wickham and seeing them together is great.
1: It's just weird seeing Darcy performed with emotions. Yeah, it's great. I like it. I, I love it. It's weird, but I just, I really enjoyed it. So we go back to the Bennett home and just more work with capturing the family dynamic brilliantly. They're all just sitting in the front room, gossiping, Mm -hmm. and talking about the men, and Liz has gone cold on Wickham for reasons we know, but the family don't know.
0: Yeah, and Mr Bennett is already cold on Wickham, so she's agreeing with him now. and everyone's a little bit,
1: oh, but we thought you two were...
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, Lydia announces that she has been invited to go to Brighton with the regiment, with her friend, Miss Forrester, who is married to Denny, one of the captains, which is a horrible idea, (laughs) basically, But in this version, we don't have Lizzie beg Mr. Bennett not to send her.
1: It's weird.
0: Yeah. And I understand
1: why, because it it just takes up time. But you kind of get more of a sense of his. But actually, I think what's nice is because she's so headstrong, Mm -hmm. she's too focused on herself and Jane. Yeah. And because of that, that's her kind of hubris again. She could stop that. And maybe later on when it finds out she's going to reflect oh I should have stepped in and I didn't. Yeah. Because she because she doesn't think her 15 year old sister's going to get married she doesn't think that's an issue yet she's focusing on the fact that she has to look after her sister Jane. Yeah. Which is a song that follows we get a brief reprise of man of my acquaintance Mm -hmm. and you can feel Jane's hurt and then we go into my sister Jane. Yeah. Elizabeth's priority in this for the longest point of time is Jane. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to get married but Jane does and yeah. She's got to be strong for Jane. And we
0: learn in this song that Lizzie has decided not to tell Jane yeah. that Bingley was there.
1: Because the lyrics here are so clever. I love his writing. Yeah. I want to watch more of his work because the lyrics are so clever. Mm-hmm. And, and especially for a song that's quite sad in tone, the rhymes work. But we have this brilliant line where she says, I must protect her as he protects him. Yeah. I love it. It's just, it's really, really, really lovely.
0: Yeah, it's cute. And then
1: we go to Pemberley. But before we go to Pemberley, we get a great line from Mr. Bennett. Yeah. Let our daughter's death teach this man a lesson.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mrs. Bennett is making jokes about how, she's not even joking. She's like, well, Jane's going to die of a broken heart and that'll teach him for it.
1: Yes, Mr. Bennett, the voice of reason.
0: Yeah, and he's just like, oh good. He does okay. not
1: take his wife seriously. He doesn't
0: take quite, anything seriously. I know.
1: That's, that's what I aspire to be. That's how I want to grow up.
0: No. Because that's, that's his problem. Yeah. Is that he doesn't take anything seriously enough. He even says to Lydia that she's the most unapologetic flirt in the it's world. It's true,
1: actually, yeah.
0: He yeah. is aware of what she's like and he's still okay with sending her away unchecked. Yeah. That's just not a good idea. Off to Pemberley, we pop.
1: Yeah, nice song, forgettable.
0: Mm-hmm. But we have the actress that plays Lady Catherine and the actor that plays Mr. Collins playing Lizzie's aunt and uncle, the gardener. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, the
1: multi-role, and, and I think Mr. Bennett goes on to play Mr. Darcy's housekeeper.
0: Mm-hmm. So the
1: multi-role here is really good, and I'm sure there's been more instances of it, but Mr. Collins, Mr. Gardener, has no hair. Yeah. So he must be wearing. A wig. He's wearing
0: a wig But King then Collins. it feels
1: weirder to think that there is an older actor playing Mr. Collins. It's kind of yeah. By casting him in that role, mm-hmm. makes you think back like he's got his wig on like, underneath, it. and maybe Mr. Collins has got his awful wig as well. Like that's what I was thinking. It's like he wears a wig about, and he is this I would older be man.
0: Interested to know, from what I remember from the book, Mr. Collins is in his twenties. Yeah, he's not supposed to be that old, but. I think he's so much creepier if he is. Well, this how much does it
1: change his song? Yeah. And the things he says about virtue if he is this 50-year-old well, man. and the
0: oldest of the girls is 23. So, yeah, he's creepy and alleged.
1: But he's been told the 23-year-old is off limits because exactly. there's that engagement to wait to. Yeah.
0: And Lizzie is
1: 20-ish. It's good. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's good to kind of make you think more. Mm-hmm. Mr. Darcy's housekeeper it. Yeah. is the best wingman ever. Barney Stinson, step aside. Yeah. the way he talks about how he's the kindest person I've ever known, he's never raised his voice and I've known him since he was a child and Elizabeth's like are we are talking about the same person but you can start to see already she's thinking about Mr Darcy differently, yeah. partly because she now knows the truth about Wickham but yeah, unsung hero Mr Darcy owes his <laughs> housekeeper like a raise because yeah. I think this scene doesn't happen Elizabeth doesn't, doesn't fall for him
0: yeah. And we get her singing, That's not the man that I know.
1: Yes. And she starts to realise that being headstrong has made her obtuse.
0: Yes. And she's she's saying in this song, God, can this really be the person that I know that they're describing? But also, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. I could have been the mistress, all of this, and then Mr. Darcy appears behind her and she freaks out. Well, this is
1: it. It's, it's Paul Gordon having fun with this source. Mm-hmm. He knows what the audience is thinking. He knows that we know about this book.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's having fun with it. and It shows. You know, like, it is funny and you're you know, you're having fun watching it. Mr. Brilliant. Darcy shows up. There's a nice exchange, and then the gardeners show up, and Mr. Gardener has a massive crush on Mr. Darcy.
0: Hundred percent. However, I think it's because the Bennets are like upper middle class. Yeah. And then Mr. Darcy is upper class.
1: Yeah, not not just upper class. He's
0: upper class. Yes, yeah, ten thousand a year, upper class. And the gardeners are sort of on the cusp of yeah. upper class because they they have money and sons and for somebody of upper class to turn to somebody who is below them and be like hey do you fish I've got great fish in my yes, fish Yes a million times yes and then we get a great line in Lizzie's little reprise of not the man I know where she says he's talking fish yeah he doesn't I'm, talk fish
1: exactly it's so good so everyone's now gathered together. In Darcy's estate.
0: Yes, and we get.
1: We meet Georgiana. Yes. And Mr. Bingley comes in and he's so into Jane. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Darcy is such a babe. When Elizabeth's got bad news and she goes off, and Miss Bingley is all well, she's so plain and oh, I don't know what anyone ever seen. I once thought of her beautiful, but no, she's not. And he says she's the most beautiful creature. What a babe.
0: I've ever seen good for you Mr Darcy you um, tell Caroline to shut up
1: he sings world she lives in
0: which is a twist on the world we live yes. in from earlier in the show which is
1: really nice I think this sounds Mr Darcy's songs all sound the same which doesn't make me bored I just like that there's this a consistent like theme, style yeah. oh no oh no Lydia's been ensnared by Wickham the horror the horror and I really like that, again, because she's so headstrong, she starts to think, oh, no, he, I'm shamed. Mr. Darcy doesn't look at her ashamed. He looks at her like, I need to help. Yeah. Which we know. And I really like the way this scene happens, because he's mm. straight to action. He doesn't even tell her what she's doing. He's like, I will... I will.
0: Well, so this is him being an idiot again. Yeah. Communicate with your words, friend, because... He says, I'm so sorry, this is awful for you. I'm aware that you need to leave immediately. I'll see you later. And he leaves, which makes Lizzie think, oh, God, he couldn't get out of here quick enough because I'm now so shamed that I'm so far beneath him we can never see each
1: other again. He sees my disgrace. Yeah. Which is the next song. but And it's just, I love it. It's two people Idiots talk to each other. Exactly. They're both on different pages of the same book. Yeah. And... They just, they both want the same thing. Mm -hmm. And do you know what? This is what I really like about Darcy is what he does here in trying to help. He does it without wanting to make her aware. Yeah. Because I think he's kind of resigned himself to the fact, I will never be with her. That's fine. I'm going to do what's right for this person I love. Yeah. Doesn't matter that she doesn't feel that way about me. I'm not going to make it about us, but I'm going to do the right thing because I know how much this affects her.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing is, he, and we don't get it in this version, but he blames himself for what Wickham is doing. Lizzie also blames herself for not telling her sisters about what Wickham's true character was. But if Darcy had done something when Wickham had gone after his sister, they wouldn't be in this, but he wanted to protect his sister's honour. Because a lot of this ends up with, and specifically with Lydia, but the girl gets blamed a lot yeah. for being taken in. Yeah, They're young girls. Yeah. Like Lydia's 15. I'm and guilty Georgia of that. You've 16. explained
1: it to me better, you know.
0: Yeah. I'm very adamant about the fact that these, these girls are being taken advantage of yeah. and you cannot blame them when yeah. an adult man.
1: No, it's true. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it from that perspective because they come across older.
0: Well, because for the time, they are almost adults, mm. but they're not. No, like it doesn't it doesn't matter what for the time they're 15 year olds
1: but this is it so Mr Darcy mm-hmm. when you know he's, he's intervened with Georgiana he's obviously taken measures but he's not gone as far as he could because there's an element he of could he, have
0: had him arrested
1: yeah and I think the reason he hasn't is because Wickham was once a friend and it's almost like I'm giving you this one yeah you, you're lucky I've not done worse than, but then
0: the other thing is like and I know it's only mentioned in passing but Miss Hill, who's inherited a lot of money, her uncle takes her away from wherever they're supposed to be so that she can't like, get cheated yeah. out of all of her inheritance by Wiccan. Yeah. So Darcy has to be aware that other girls are getting tricked into yeah. this by him. And it's just his misfortune that he ends up stuck with one that has no money.
1: We get his, he's sees My Disgrace and Lizzie can't have him. And now she realises she loves him.
0: Of course, at the worst possible moment.
1: But we get this beautiful transition during this song. So she mm-hmm. is at his estate and she sings this song, but then her family step into the scene.
0: Yeah, because they're great. all
1: disgraced. And that's it. We've moved on. The, the scene changed there. It's just so subtle, but it works brilliantly. Yeah.
0: They step forwards and we're back in the Bennet house.
1: And Mary is great at comforting her mother. Oh, amazing. God, she's awful, but she's I love it. She's terrible. She,
0: her mother is basically hyperventilating. it's
1: great because she rejoices in Mrs Bennet's pain. Like They go after her later on. She's like, oh, I'm coming. I want to see her. You know, Her face change colour. It is great.
0: Wouldn't you, though? Mary is the least likely of them to get married yeah she's got no interest in it yeah
1: so then they all sing he cheers my disgrace yeah is it mr collins that came on
0: yeah mr collins comes on and says oh how awful it must be for you i'm so glad that i didn't marry you so that it's not me having to deal with this and i've told mrs
1: i've told everyone
0: i've told yeah everyone i've told my wife and i've told lady catherine and Lizzie's like, oh, how grateful we are that you would tell strangers about this yeah.
1: situation. So we have the, he cheers my disgrace. Yep. And I think this song captures the impact of Lydia's actions on her sister so well. Like, you yeah. really do get this sense.
0: They are unmarriable.
1: Yeah. Because of it. Exactly. Yeah. It just, it's really well done.
0: And even though he then agrees to marry her, they're still lowered by it. Yeah. Lydia still went missing. Yeah. With a man for a bit.
1: So yeah, Mr. Bennett comes back. It's like, good news, but not the best news. We found them and he's going to marry her. He's only taking 5,000. I've got no idea why.
0: 5,000 on his deathbed. Yes. Not even...
1: Which is what Lydia would have been worth, mm-hmm. is what Liz says.
0: It's, that would have been Lydia's inheritance when their father dies, yeah. yeah.
1: So, fine. We don't know why, though. And Mr. Bennett, you get the sense that he's broken because he's like... Should have paid more attention. My brother. I'm assuming the gardener is, his brother.
0: Is, yeah. is. Is. I is must. Mrs. Ben's yeah, brother. Yeah. Okay,
1: so his brother-in-law. Yeah. He's like I don't know what he's painting. I don't know what I've got to pay him back. Yeah. But thank God he's done whatever he's done. Yeah, because otherwise we would all be disgraced. Yeah. So we get a marriage song between them. You know, the, it's just like a throwaway song. Oh, that, so funny though. Yeah. You. I mean, do you know what? This is Wickham getting his comeuppance because he's now trapped in a marriage that he's going to You detest. have no
0: money and the most irritating wife yeah. in
1: like the world. Exactly. He deserves it. Yeah. You know, this is hell for him. Like, this is the closest thing to comeuppance he gets.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, and this is the thing that
1: I find so funny,
0: is that people ignore the fact that she's a 15-year-old. Yes is there anything more irritating in the world than a teenage well, we girl? Well, <laughs> like,
1: we watched Buffy, yeah. and Spike returns, and he's now got Harmony, who's been turned into a vampire, and he's dating her. She's, and she's a teenage girl. Yeah, and she's so annoying, and Spike just mm-hmm. doesn't have the time for that. And okay, Wickham maybe,
0: is stuck with that forever.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Spike would have been stuck with that forever. Yeah. <laughs> if this was Pride and Prejudice and Vampires, you know for a fact that yeah. Wickham would be a vampire who's turned Lydia by mistake. Mm -hmm. And I was like...
0: Do you know what the worst part is? You ever upset a 15-year-old girl? Horrible.
1: I am a teacher of secondary students. I have definitely upset a 15-year-old girl.
0: As somebody who was a 15-year-old girl
1: once, the the sheer amount of
0: emotion in your body at 15... Oh, my God. And you just unleash it on whoever's the closest to you. So he's basically done this to himself he has
1: but he does he does get one awful line in where he sings she gives her virtue to me
0: and he sounds like weirdly happy
1: about it too Ugh. Yeah. lydia Weird. reveals that mr darcy was at the wedding and he yeah. was the one that saved the day and we get what kind of man reprise lizzie realizes that mr darcy is a gem and she sings feelings have emerged sentiments have surged Ooh, I like that yeah
0: mm. And the end of that, yeah. The end of that song is her saying, "Well, now that I'm not disgraced anymore, what do I do?"
1: Yeah, because she still she firmly believes any chance of Mister Darcy is done because she still thinks Mister Darcy's not into her because he should have said he was there. The fact he's not told her of his involvement is because he's done with her.
0: Yeah, I don't think we get an explanation in this version that it's Mister Darcy that paid. No. for everything no it isn't but he pays for the wedding he pays off all of Wickham's debt and he gives him money as an incentive yeah. to marry Lydia yeah. to save
1: Lizzie. we get Mr Bingley's back it's a weird kind of song oh, and yeah, sing, another
0: single man of good
1: fortune what's more can we infer other than he is into her or something along those lines yeah basically fun. and then we get like a little mini proposal song and he's like I'm going to propose he goes
0: Oh, so funny. That whole scene where Darcy and Bingley go into the sitting room. All of the ladies are there waiting for him to say something. And Bingley can't get a word out. And And he sings internally.
1: It's great.
0: But Miss Bennet asking questions like, Oh, has your sister come with you this time, Mr Bingley? And he's just sat there and and Miss Darcy's like, No, she hasn't.
1: (laughs) The country air does not agree with her.
0: And then they sit there in silence for ages and he's just like, oh, look at the time, we're leaving. But I really like
1: this exchange, you've got Elizabeth talking to Bingley with (laughs) Darcy
0: answering and talking
1: to Jane, it's really nice. But then they leave, but he comes back and he he sings and he proposes and...
0: Yeah, and as soon as Jane says to him, just say what you feel. That's it. He just can't shut up from that point.
1: If you can sing as a proposal, you're probably onto a winner. If somebody sings a song they've just come up with on the spot for you there, we've seen it in Waitress, we've seen it here.
0: Spontaneous wedding poetry. We love
1: it. (laughs) Actual words came out his mouth.
0: (laughs) He spoke words.
1: So, So cute. They're all happy. Jane's getting married. Kitty says something to Mr. Bennet and he says, we are locking you in your room forever, Kitty Bennet.
0: I will review it in 10 years. He
1: means that. He does.
0: But who's coming down the driveway? That's the most in amazing carriage.
1: carriage we've ever seen. Oh my, it's Lady Catherine. It
0: can't be. Lady Catherine. Everyone's
1: amazed. And she, she doesn't ship Mr. Darcy and
0: Lizzie. No, she ships Mr. Darcy and her daughter. Again, weird cousins. cousins, but her and Darcy's mum like intended them from each other from birth, and then I guess Darcy's mum died because she's not in it. She's
1: never there. Yeah, she's never there. So we get the ladyship's praise reprise, and I l- But
0: This time it's just Lizzie, but
1: that's what I mean. I love it that Lizzie is throwing her song back at her. Yeah, I love it when that happens and just
0: listing all the things she doesn't need from her. It's like, it's a- like if. Rapunzel sang Mother's no- well, Mother
1: Knows Best. It's like Aladdin where you get Prince Ali yeah. with the genie singing it. And, and then, then Jafar sings. Amazing. It. Yeah. I love it when songs twist like that. Like obviously it's great when the villain takes the hero's song.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: kind of nice here that the hero's taking the villain's song as yeah. well back out. And it's
0: basically
1: her going, na 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 na. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> like it.
0: I just love that the whole exchange between them Lady Catherine saying well you can't be engaged to Mr. Darcy because he's engaged to my daughter tell me are you engaged to him and Lizzie's like well you've just said that I can't be so I don't know why you're here asking
1: yeah
0: amazing Mr.
1: Darcy or Stewie Griffin because he shouts what the deuce (laughs) what the deuce yeah you made me laugh. And you you're like, why are you laughing? It doesn't mean what you think it means. Of yeah. course that's not what I was writing. I'm like, it's my head's not in the toilet. This is Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> we didn't have toilets. <laughs> this is another amazing set, and just the minimalism of throwing a sheet
2: oh, a over the stage the to create
1: stage. this river. I really mm-hmm. liked it. And we get sweet persuasion. Loveliest Lizzie. Who proposed better, Mr. Darcy or Mr Bingley? Mr Bingley he
0: actually said what he felt.
1: Yeah. So they sing to each other and they agree to get married. Yeah. Thoughts on their kiss?
0: I don't know. I was more focused on... I love in musicals when people sing a romantic duet about two inches from each other's faces. Yeah. I did, that's belting the only edge. thing I can focus on because they're both belting their hearts out and they must be getting so much spit on their faces. Their kiss was just kind of there.
1: Yeah, but you've said to me in the past when we've watched the 2005 version. Yeah. They don't no, kiss. There's no place for it. Like, you, you've shown me the American ending and the British ending.
0: I think the difference is in a musical, you build and build and build to this point and something has to happen.
1: I was they've expecting you to, just, to be really angry at this. I'm to
0: kind of just disappointed. Kiss. If you're singing at someone two inches from their face, they're going to kiss you. Yeah.
1: I thought you'd really hate it. Where else are you gonna go? I just I was waiting for you to go off on like a five minute thing about how in this day and age. No, I wanted them to kiss in this version. Yeah. So there's more successful this version at getting their relationship, getting you to that point than the two thousand five. But I think that's because Mr. Darcy has has character. Yeah. Yeah. He's not Mm -hmm. a robot. He's
0: I'm rooting for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent. I understand why she falls for him here. Like, don't get me wrong. He's clearly been working to help the Bennetts. Yeah. And he clearly is into it. And Elizabeth.
0: he says, I did it all for you. Yeah.
1: And I've got that from other versions we've watched. Yeah. But this version, the first time I've genuinely felt he's been honest about it. Mm-hmm. I adore Mr. Bennett. He's such a good dad. Yeah. He's just, he's so good. He's just, like, proud of you.
0: I could not have released you Lizzie to somebody anybody less worthy I think it's a gorgeous line from a dad
1: I think he sees a lot of himself in her because yeah he's well read and I, she's well read yeah. and I get the sense that he looks at Elizabeth as himself
0: yeah she's and, definitely the most like him yes
1: and as a result he's not going to just give her to anyone
0: no but he does say my favourite Pro and Prejudice line at the end which is, if any young men come for Kitty or Mary, send them in. I'm quite at my leisure. Which I love great. that line.
1: I really love that line. So yeah,
0: if there's any other men around, send them in. Get rid of all my daughters.
1: <laughs> we got a finale song. I kind of... I like the finale song. Could have done it. I could have just done with...
0: Happiness in marriage.
1: I could have just done with the lights going down after Mr Bennett's line. I feel like that's a good ending. Do you
0: know what I really liked, though? Is that... Well, that's the ending to the 2005 movie. I know,
1: and I love that ending. I think it's all we need. But.
0: I really like... That Wickham and Lydia step forwards and Mr. Collins and Charlotte Lucas step forwards because it's the first version I've ever seen where Charlotte Lucas is not happy to be married to Mr. Collins because she shouldn't be. No. And in every other version she has this, in her house she has this parlour that's a ladies parlour for visitors and you sort of understand that it's where she goes to get away from him but why would she have that room if she was happy with him? You know? Mm. I've never seen a version where it was more clear that she married him for convenience.
1: I think that you need the symmetry. Yeah. Because you've got two happy lovers at the end. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've got Mr. and Mrs. Bennet. I mean, as a result of this action, you've got four lovers. Yeah. You've got Bingley and Jane who are happy. You've got Lizzie and Darcy who are happy. I like the symmetry of having... Collins. Collins, especially because of this version of Collins, yeah, and Wickham, Wickham flirting oh with someone in the audience and winking, and Lydia slapping him, yeah, that's comeuppance.
0: That's hilarious, yeah,
1: because she won't forget that, yeah.
0: And then we get like an overture of all the best songs mm. for the the bows, which yeah. was amazing. Yeah. We we're having a
1: great time. With it that. was a great time, and that was Pride and Prejudice.
0: Yeah,
1: Mister Darcy overcame his pride. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Bennett overcame her prejudice.
0: Yes. So I
1: never got that that's where the title came from until I read the blurb for this. Did you actually not? No. Oh. I've not read it. I've seen I know
0: you two haven't.
1: films. <laughs> and I wouldn't say Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is the most accurate with the source material. So far. MVP.
0: MVP's Mary. Oh my god. The actress that plays Mary, you are incredible. That whole, yeah. she, nobody else made me laugh that much.
1: No, and I agree with that. <sighs> she was and fantastic. It's
0: because, because I was expecting to laugh every time I saw her. Yeah. And she's such a non-character. And for mm. Mary Bennett, the character that is the most boring, mm. Like, and usually I'm like, she should have ended up with Mr. Collins.
1: Yeah, you said that because she's quite religious in yeah. The 2005. Yeah, she plays
0: the piano and she's kind of like the same char- character yeah. as him. This version, she'd have murdered him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, straight
0: up, he'd be dead. Oh, my God, I love her.
1: I love her. I'm so torn between Elizabeth and Darcy, because I just think they carry it so well. Yeah. And
0: he does such a good job of being Darcy, but with emotions. Yeah. You get all of the Mr. Darcy that you want, but with it's a very narrative.
1: unique take on Mr. Darcy. Again, really I'm not like an expert. It. I know there's multiple versions out there. This is only the third.
2: Yeah.
1: The show is really built around these two, which it should be, but the majority of the songs come from both of them. There's odd songs that are sung by other people, but the majority come from her and him. Mm-hmm. The pressure on this show falls on those two performers. I yeah. think they nail it, so I'm going to give them both my... Yeah. Because you're rooting for both of them. And it is really nice because they do play off each other brilliantly. Darcy's only as good as he is because Lizzie does well. And mm-hmm. She's only as good as she is because Darcy does well. Yeah. Favourite song? Against My Will is amazing. The yeah. notes he hits. I hadn't written another song, but I am actually going to add Bravado. Yeah. Because talking about it and remembering Bravado. My favorite
0: is my favourite
1: one. Is just amazing. Yeah.
0: God, i like her eyes.
1: But there's also The Last Woman on Earth. Yeah. It's just fun.
0: Mine's either Bravado or Her Ladyship's Praise.
1: Yes. Because, oh,
0: God, that song, I was that's a song that when I listened to the soundtrack, obviously I can see all the names of them, and I was like, okay, cool, this is Lady Catherine. It starts out kind of slow, and I thought about skipping it. Yeah.
1: And, oh, it's such a bug. What's your least favourite song?
0: Probably he's an acquaintance.
1: I, just an acquaintance. I right. said Pemberley. Okay. It's inconsequential. It's not really a song, yeah. yeah. But, no, but it's, it's actually longer than a lot of other songs. Yeah, and
0: it's on the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, so that for me. It's a good song. It's well oh. done. It's just skippable. Yeah. It's like, just setting up the world. And there's a lot of songs where they set up the place they're going,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I just didn't really mean. it. I find
0: it very with things like
1: that yeah
0: yeah. yeah i like
1: it who would you play i want to play two people can i have one if i have like a small r I okay, really, which which main character would you
0: want? To
1: which be? main character i want to be mr darcy obviously wickham's fun and i like playing the smarmy villain type thing but i think if i'm going to be a smarmy villain in this one i want to be collins yeah like, i've written mr collins because it's fun he's Ugh, he's gross. And I could have so much fun playing that role.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But in terms of a meaty role, and like, if this was Mr. Darcy from 2005, I wouldn't be interested in playing that character.
0: But This guy, but yeah.
1: this version of Mr. Darcy, mm-hmm. where there's emotions, and I hadn't really thought about it until talking about, it, just how much I enjoyed him. Yeah. I'd want to play this version of Mr. Especially Darcy. Especially
0: because he, because like we said a lot earlier, it is satirical. Yeah they are kind of poking fun but it's all very much like fan jokes yeah he's so funny yeah he's great
1: who would you want to
2: play
0: obviously Lizzie give me an alto protagonist any day
1: I'd be so happy but she was fab she was brilliant that's why I can't decide between her and Darcy as the MVPs because they were both they were Mm. both brilliant so
0: if I was going to be an ensemble character I'd be Mary though
1: yeah (laughs) because I am Mary That is the mood. I had such a blast watching this one. Can I just say,
0: before you talk about how many stars you've done, right at the beginning of this part of the podcast, after we'd watched it, I looked over and your book was open, and Danny draws five little stars and then he colours them in so that we know which ones he likes and which ones he doesn't like so we can flip back and look at them. And there were only two stars coloured in and I have been so upset the entire time we've been talking about this because I saw two stars.
1: You were looking at the whiz.
0: Was I? Was I looking at the wrong page? I gave
1: this five stars.
0: <gasps> Yay! Amazing.
1: <laughs> I wrote this in black ink.
0: Well, I looking... saw the two stars. Yeah, because I, I really didn't upset. want you
1: seeing it so I went back to the start of my notes. You are looking at the whiz.
0: Me. That's me.
1: I I absolutely had a... The fact that Pride and Prejudice is written on a different but page. It not... was upside down. I, 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 loved this. Cool. I.
0: Me too. For a musical we haven't, neither of us have seen. Well, obviously I've never seen any of them, that's the point. Yeah, but I haven't seen this. Yeah. And for both of us to enjoy it so much.
1: It was brilliant. And I do really recommend anyone who hasn't, and I'm sure, you know, we're probably in a majority of ones of people who've seen this. Mm-hmm. If you've stuck with us this long just because you like Pride and Prejudice and you've not seen this show, if you're I don't know how you access it abroad. We're obviously yeah. in
0: England. It's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime
1: for free. Seriously check out two hours, ten minutes and you will have such a blast. Yeah. If you can access this in America, I don't know if Amazon uh, Prime
0: um, so Paul Gordon, yeah. his website you can access it through. You watch Good. it all on there. Do. and even if you if you haven't seen the musical, and for some reason you're still here, thank you. But if you also aren't a fan of Pride and Prejudice, and you've never seen it before, this is like entry-level Pride and Prejudice. I would
1: say it's above entry-level. I would say...
0: Well, well some of the jokes, but...
1: Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is kind of... Anyone could watch it and kind yeah. of get a sense of plot, but maybe the well, irony this is This is such
0: a like chill, fun yeah. Pride and Prejudice. And
1: if you've watched Pride and Prejudice in the past and it's not agreed with you, and I don't know why you'd still be listening at this point, if,
0: yeah.
1: if that's the case. Probably still we're doing Pride and Prejudice, ugh skip. But if you have that mentality, because I'll be honest, I watched Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley out of the corner of my eye. Like It wasn't something I could focus on. I'm not a period drama person. Like mm. I've not watched Downton Abbey. I can imagine I'd hate it.
0: Downton Abbey isn't a period drama. It, comes well, it is a period it, yeah. drama. It comes across not...
1: it. They put them in the same kind of style. For me, it's one I'd have to really watch. But,
0: but, but Downton Abbey is World War Two.
1: Uh, the same genre.
0: Sure, it's period drama. Yeah. In that, it's
1: like I've I not had a bad experience with this. Like when you said just before New Year's, we're going to go watch Little Women at the cinema. And come with my mum. Come with Jake, yeah and i cried i was dragging it. my feet i thought i was gonna hate this i thought i was just napping this cinema. i loved it and mm-hmm. if you are somebody who the idea of this style makes you groan inside please please give this a chance because yeah. it was just amazing incredible i didn't think i'd enjoy it as much as i did i thought it'd just be similar to like oh well drew's gonna really like this one and do you know what I want Drew to be happy. So let's watch something. Do you know
0: what, though? I could have hated this a lot more than you.
1: Yeah. That was the risk. Yeah. Because you love this world. And I'm really glad I enjoyed yeah. this. I would watch this again. I'm, uh, if this ever comes and does tours, I want to see it. Yeah, same. Especially, especially if it's minimal. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to say the same way. What are we looking at next week?
0: You have a choice for next week.
1: Awesome.
0: I know. I know you like it when they give you decision-making yes. skills. You can either next week watch Rent or Chicago.
1: I feel like I know more about Chicago than I do Rent. So maybe we should do Rent. And for that reason, I want to do Rent. Okay. I know nothing about Rent other than it's got a Dina Menzel. Yep. And it's been parodied in Team America. I know what that is it's Matt Stone and Trey Parker who did South Park and Book of Mormon okay so I I feel like I know a little bit about it You're we'll talk about it next know week.
0: a lot more of it than you think yeah. you do and also family guided a lot
1: yeah we'll talk about it next week <laughs> good I am so out. glad that you enjoyed Pride and
0: Prejudice
1: yes I'm so glad you enjoyed it too me too the first time I can say that on this show we
0: had a great time
1: Join in the conversation. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, whatever your listening platform for podcasts. Mm -hmm. Give us a follow. Give us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. You can contact us on email.
0: At It's a musical pod at gmail.com.
1: Yes. You know, I I saw this week, you know, I've been looking at the analytics for the first time. Mm -hmm. People in Australia have been listening to us. We were 63rd in the performing arts charts in Australia. Shout
0: out. If you're you're listening to this and you're in Australia, drop us a tweet. Like, DM us and tell us who you are. We'll shout you out.
1: To me, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Just was really nice. Like, I was like, wow. Yeah. I've got family in Australia, but I don't think they listen to us.
0: No, I don't know anyone in Australia. No, so
1: thank you. And there's other places in the world that people are listening. Like I'm crazy to think we've got like viewers in Mexico, like Azerbaijan. It's
0: just... <laughs> yeah,
1: it's crazy. So shout out
0: to our, our listener. In so, so if you are listening
1: to us in a part of the world that you feel it's kind of doesn't get, get that recognition, tell us where you're listening. We'll give you a shout yeah. out. So thank you for sticking with us.
0: Yeah, and join us next week when we figure out how we're gonna pay rent.
1: yes and have a magical musical monday see you next week same bad place same bad channel